podcast series is recorded on and features artists who create on Ghana and Ngunnawal country. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of these lands and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. These lands have never been ceded. You're listening to A Tale of Two Cities, a three-part podcast series brought to you by Unqualified and Unafraid and Michelle Laundry. I'm Natsuko, a multidisciplinary artist, performance director and designer from Canberra. I'm Jess, a freelance video creator, podcaster and student magazine editor from Adelaide. Today, we're bringing together artists from two underrated creative scenes. Without further ado, let's uncover the truth about being a creative in Adelaide and Canberra. Gilbert and Moe... Do you guys want to introduce yourselves as a creative? I'm Gilbert Garden, 19 years old. I use they, them pronouns. I'm a DJ based in Adelaide that I go by the name Impulse Control. Um, and I've been doing so for about five or six months now. My name's Bowie. I'm 34 years old, but um, that's too old to say my age anymore. I'm just doing that for you, Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a mixed media artist with a, um, a commercial art background and I'm focusing on street art and murals now, living on the outskirts of Canberra after um, travelling for sort of a decade or so. I'm settling down a bit more now. Cool. And is there like a specific way that you would describe your aesthetic as an artist or your art style? Uh, yeah, I come from a, a graphic design background. So um, so it's definitely visual communication, I would say. Like even with my own personal art, I'm, I'm trying to communicate um, my own feelings and experiences of the world. Um, so I would describe it as pretty bright and poppy with kind of darker uh, conceptual undertones. Just going back to Gilbert, what kind of music do you remix, like describe your style, like what you try and achieve with what you do? Okay. Um, well, for a while it was just kind of getting the fundamental techniques down. Um, and now I kind of have like a a better grasp of it to the point where there's still a lot of room for improvement, but I can do what I want to do, uh, to like a reasonable degree. And I try and, um, convey like conceptual stories through the music I play. So I try and not just play the same genre of music throughout the whole set. I try and, um, put together like a, uh, abstract story um and then take the audience through different sound projected spaces throughout the time i play i know that you also study is it media arts oh yeah i study creative industry digital media at Flinders. yeah while you're djing would you say that you also have like other creative outlets oh yeah of course um my course is pretty um, it's basically just like anything computers and art mi- mixed together. You do it. It's a very broad course that looks at, um, like graphic design, 3d modeling, VFX, um, film and screen a bit, just, just like a bit of everything. Um, I just, I'm just finishing my first year now and then moving forward, you get to pick, uh, a bit more focused as to what you want to do. Awesome. So going back to Bowie now, you were talking about this before, but how long have you lived in Canberra? 
well, I grew up around this area. So I did high school and university in Canberra. Um, and then I left after art school and graphic design school and moved to Melbourne and then on to Adelaide. And I just moved back in uh, right at the end of 2018. So kind of this time around, it's been a couple of years, but it's definitely a familiar city for me. But it has changed a lot since I was away. I was gone for over a decade. This is kind of a question for both of you, I guess. Um, so what do you think uh, the Adelaide creative scene's reputation is? Reputation? Yeah, Adelaide is a very, like, everybody knows literally everyone. It's pretty tiny. And if you're in, like, a certain scene in Adelaide, you more than likely know the majority of the people in that scene. Um, I would probably say you'll know more than, like, four circles of removal away from, like, literally anyone else in Adelaide um, at any one point in time. So the reputation, I guess, would be super, like, just close-knit, a lot of, like, clicky groups. Yeah, do you have any kind of uh, opinions on that, though, as well? I didn't, I hadn't heard much about the reputation before moving to Adelaide. It felt like... um the other side of Australia from the East Coast, like it felt so far removed from um, from my upbringing that it was a huge sort of, it felt like a mission to get there overland. Like I, I drove from Melbourne the first time I went. Yeah, so I couldn't speak to the reputation, but I can speak to my own experience. And even just that first weekend, like I went for a weekend visit and ended up with a, um, a studio, a share house, an art residency, an art show and a whole new group of friends just from one weekend of like going and introducing myself. So I can speak to like my own experiences of it as being an incredibly generous and um, and friendly, super friendly scene. And after years of, like that developed into years living there, I went for a three-month art residency that turned into six months and turned into a year. And then I started using Adelaide as my base for lots of overseas travel from there. I can say that it is like, it is clicky and it is really, it is a really small city and there is that feeling of everyone knowing everyone. But within that, there was like a lot of freedom, creative freedom, I think that people feel, um, that they can express themselves there, which is a really beautiful thing. I think Canberra is a lot more judgmental and um, a bit harder to um, be different. I think like you, you can be different, but it's it's still you're still kind of within a confined space. Whereas Adelaide Adelaide felt really free and um, quite experimental. I think I really liked that about it. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, so that's actually great to hear because um, we were going to um, next talk about like uh, what you think the creative scene's reputation of Canberra was. So <laughs> you want to talk about that? Maybe? Well, I, I mean, I'm, I've I've moved back here and I'm living an hour an hour outside of Canberra on a property now. So I very much like removed myself from the cities on purpose. Like even in Adelaide, I was craving like a move up to the Adelaide Hills. Um. And knowing Adelaide's clickiness, I felt like I, I didn't want to engage in that anymore. Like I'm just sort of over that. And, and the more I can be outside of it, the more I can just express myself instead of sort of being confined. And also coming from this commercial, like my work, I'm a commercial artist by trade. So I get paid to create, which is an incredible job, but it does mean that I'm consistently 
like trapped inside briefs and budgets and you know there's a lot of restrictions that come with that so I like I know there's a lot like Canberra has totally bloomed in the time that I was away and it has um developed into a really um kind of a quirky city almost like it's got this underbelly that is bubbling I don't know I don't I certainly don't feel as engaged with it whether it's because that's it's not on the surface and it's just a lot harder to find Adelaide I just dropped into it like it was I had an art residency at Tooth and Nail Collective which might be before your time actually because that's finished now but it was like this super cool lowbrow underground warehouse right in the center of town and through that like just the main the pubs like the Crown and Anchor and the Exeter and like there are like venues and ancient world where I know Gilbert you play a lot like there are these venues that you can go to to find your people and I, I I'm really struggling to find that in Canberra it's a, it's a lot harder to get the, the it's it almost feels like there's not a space for the alternative in the mainstream whereas in Adelaide there's definitely space for it in the mainstream yeah, yeah I feel like it's so interesting that you say that because when I was thinking about this topic I was like I felt like the good thing about Adelaide is I feel like you always know who you need to talk to. Like, if you want to get into this, if you want to get into that, like, you can just ask around and you'll be directed to, like, the right person or the right place. Do you feel that in Canberra, Sika? Um, I definitely agree with you about the whole um thing about, like, people maybe being a little bit more conservative in Canberra. Um, I can't quite talk about um, Adelaide because I've never really done anything creative there. Um, but, yeah, my creative, I guess, career did blossom in Canberra, so I do have a good kind of experience here. But um, now that I'm becoming a little bit more, I guess, going towards that professional kind of scene, I guess, um, it seems like it's not as experimental and people don't find don't appreciate it or something yeah but yeah it's really interesting to hear your all your opinions about you know the reputation i mean i'm in a really privileged position to be um very well connected in the the glass ceiling of canberra so to speak you know like i moved back here and, and one of the first good like proper gigs that i got was for the government through the street art initiative and you know it's a really well paid program that supports street artists which is an incredible thing but it um it does mean that yeah if you want to get projects across in Canberra you you essentially kind of talk to the government or you talk to the the same people that run like the very mainstream stuff mm-hmm. there's not like the gradient of um alternative options it feels like there's almost just sort of one path and mm-hmm. I'm in on that path which I'm super grateful for certainly don't want to say anything bad about the path <laughs> but um but at the same time like yeah I, I I don't see necessarily like the um the studio collectives or the house parties or I yeah I guess mm-hmm. I'm just not in that scene where yeah where that's happening anymore mm-hmm. I was in my 20s back here but um yeah yeah it feels like that stuff's still happening for all ages in Adelaide not just that like yeah but would you say that you or your peers would see Adelaide as somewhere that is quite experimental? I don't know. I would say a lot of the circles I'm in kind of have an almost negative perception of Adelaide um, in that way, in that they've been expo- exposed to the clickiness. Um, 
and turned off really turned off by it um because it's very easy for like one toxic person to like bring a whole group of people into like the wrong space i guess and then it kind of ruins it for like other people and so many people have just had like bad group experiences here in my experience most people who want to um broaden their creative horizons just kind of like try here and then give up and move to melbourne um so like in terms of experimental stuff there is like people in terms of people that i know there's like a good handful of really creative experimental people doing cool shit a lot of the people who have more drive kind of just end up um either leaving or like i don't know like surpassing the clickiness and just going solo so they become kind of like if not difficult to communicate with but harder to reach um yeah i can i yeah. can um, think of a few people like that that sort of made it on a on a bigger than adelaide scene and then sort of they're still there but they've emotionally removed almost from the city like socially and um career wise i suppose as well but can you tell us like the people that have moved to melbourne and stuff like do you know how they're going like do people lead uh, find success in the bigger cities or do, is it like in my experience with Melbourne it's so expensive to even get a studio space and share houses and like all that stuff is actually a pretty yeah, challenging I actually don't really know I try and prioritize communicating with people who I can like speak to face to face um so a lot of the people I know that have moved to Melbourne I either haven't been that close with or have just kind of fallen out of talking to them because I feel like in Adelaide you feel like you can easily get your foot in the door but maybe you feel like you can't ever like rise up past a certain point but I think like lucky for me I like my art form I would consider is like creating like the podcast and creating spaces so like especially if there is room for like more open spaces that really motivates me to like stay in Adelaide to try and help build that and I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on in Adelaide at the moment so it's like creating a platform for like all of the creative stuff in Adelaide to be like centralized um on a media platform and I feel like that's so important because if people don't see that there's like an open space they feel like they can't really do anything if that makes sense yeah absolutely Holly, how would you describe the street art community in canberra and is there one i know that there's a a graph like a graffiti scene that's um pretty old school i guess like like a lot of guys that have grew up in canberra and are really trying to um make something of the um street art scene through that and I, I just got introduced to that last year through a project that incorporated like graph artists and I'm quotationing here because I'm new to these terms and I don't really, I know the people in these scenes find it very important to um, like label themselves differently. So there's like graph artists who grew up on graffiti then there's street artists, which is like 
more illustrative murals, um, which is where I fit in, and then mural artists, which is where I also fit in, which is paid, commissioned, sometimes like interior office works, well, office, um, office murals and things like that and cafes. So we all cross over generally uh, and the graph artists get commissioned by cafes and things like that. Um, I know there is a scene and I know I'm part of it, but at the same time, because Canberra is such a clean, um, well-kept city, there's no, um, like there's designated like legal graffiti sites and then there's um, a whole lot of uh, graffiti that gets cleaned off by the council, by the government. And then there's government-funded projects, which is where I fit in. It's amazing that that exists, government-funded street art projects. Like, that's a really cool thing. Um, but also what I see in other cities, like the bigger cities, is um, a lot more privately funded or, or like, corporate-funded, I suppose, like street artists with the opportunity for blank wall murals or large canvases, like, like big building canvases that we just don't have here in Canberra. Um, so it does feel like you can you can physically get to a certain size here um, and then you have to go interstate or, well, it is interstate because anything outside of Canberra, like around the border is. And I also feel like, like, because I live outside of Canberra myself, there's like really missed opportunity um, to be collaborating with that broader, like the Sydney or the South Coast or even the Snowy Mountains community, which all Canberrans utilise because of the border. Like because ACT has a border around it, it's a different state and it's like a whole different ball game. And some grants I can't even apply for because I live outside of that border, even though I'm a Canberra artist. So it's a bit, um, it's a bit dry in a lot of ways. Like it's, it's really, it is limited as far as like the scope of what we can actually do the amount of big corporates that actually have offices there, you know, Westfield malls, all this stuff, like they all are so big interstate and there's such huge like culture happening in the bigger cities, even Adelaide with the Fringe Festival and stuff like that, that um, I just, yeah, I get a bit, I, I would hate to say it, but I get a bit bored of the Canberra, like, yeah, even this, even the events that are organised, it does, doesn't feel like it's for me. That I guess I, I'll just say it like that. It just doesn't feel like it's for me. What about you, Gilbert, in the DJ scene? Um, how would you describe that specific community in Adelaide? It's a pretty wide one, to be honest. Um, it's kind of one of the few areas that aren't super clicky as a, as a total. Um, but like individual groups form and do their own thing. Um, like my my house, we have occasional events here, um, like just, uh, I don't know, like raves and parties and gigs and stuff like that. And um, so we've had like a kind of good range of DJs try and put on stuff here. And it's really super different, different, um, people want completely different things in regards to it. Everyone's priorities are different. Like um, we've had, we had one uh, just this weekend past, there was a laser show um, and that was like um, the people behind that were like me and a couple friends who have invested into some like really cool laser gear 
Um, they're all just, they're just about like, they don't even, it's not about like how many people come or like how good the music is. It's just like all about the, I guess, the energy that people bring and that they bring to the table and like they put themselves out so much to provide that for everyone. Um, and then there's other groups who are more into like, oh, we want to throw really big events. Like it's more about how many people come and like, um, I guess more egotistical type of thing. Like we really, really want to advertise our DJ group as like not a, not an explicit brand, but like a kind of like a gang, like, oh, we threw like the biggest, sickest parties and um yeah it's really interesting um depending on the venue you go to as well i i would say the kind of sector of djing i'm in is more <clears throat> like less commercial stuff like i don't really um know any djs from like like big clubs like dog and duck or blackball or anything like that um they're all in a very like separate they're a different breed. Yeah, very different <laughs> breed. Um, do you find that being government funded, or not specifically government, but like being corporately funded um, kind of restricts the amount of self-expression you can put into the work? And yeah, um, do you find that limitation difficult? I do find it restricting and I do find it difficult, but the money is very freeing <laughs> and that's really worth acknowledging. And I know that that's a, um, you know, a bit of a taboo thing to say, but, um, but to, to be so well funded from my perspective now to have like a great list of clients and, and corporate partnerships and government partnerships then allows me to apply for a research grant for like $15,000 that lets me play. So yeah. having those partnerships, playing the game, so to speak, um, and um, and collaborating in in my own way, like I'm definitely making sure that it's it suits me, and I can feel it when it doesn't. Like it certainly doesn't give me energy it takes. So I'm, I've learned a lot about what partnerships will work and what jobs are important um, for mm. me to do. But then using that as the launch pad for international residencies or yeah, grant funded research, research months or um, art residencies even online now because COVID stopped all travel like for the last two years. So I was doing residencies over in Canada online with all different people from around the world. And I think that, yeah, that portfolio and that resume, it's almost like it is a bit of like I did do a bit of hard yards in a way, but like I was saying, I used Adelaide as my my um, home base for heaps of international travel. It's been like six months of the year away. So these corporate partnerships like pay for that. They pay me to go and be free and, and do me and do what I want. I just need to make sure that I actually do it. <laughs> We've highlighted a lot of things that you've identified as not the best in the creative scenes in Canberra and Adelaide. But to kind of take a more positive turn, like what's something that you guys think that would actually could be put into place to assist creatives in each of your cities? Like I was saying earlier about the border around Canberra, um, so much of the funded stuff has to be Canberra 
connected. Like it has to be for Canberra. And I find that um, a bit of a missed opportunity because Canberrans absolutely live on the south coast and up in the Snowy Mountains. Like that's kind of why people live in Canberra is for the nature around it. So opportunities to collaborate or reflect on like particularly the landscape for me because all my work's got a pretty heavy environmental slant. Um, I think that would be really cool and, and a missed opportunity to be partnering with people from Sydney or from the South Coast or from all over Australia really because um, bringing people to Canberra is really important too and it feels a bit self-focused at the moment. Like like it's they're just asking us to look back at Canberra all the time, all the time and looking out to other communities would be a really rad way to um, to inspire and collaborate and bring South Coast artists into Canberra to exhibit. Like I just don't understand why they're not making more use of that because Canberrans absolutely froth on the nature around us. Like they're such outdoorsy people. So to kind of cut us off from that because of this like invisible border, that seems really silly to me. What about you, Gilbert? Stop cutting subsidisation for arts degrees. I'm going to say that one again. Stop cutting subsidisation for arts degrees. Uh-huh. <laughs> Make our education more accessible is probably the biggest one. And we're kind of going in the opposite direction. All the big unis are progressively getting more expensive to study that sort of thing with less staff so the the government prioritization is very much not in that direction which is really unfortunate um and super damaging because no the year i started my degree was the year that every arts degree fee was essentially doubled um and i'm sure that would have been like a determining factor for a lot of people as to whether they would pursue that or not like my course went from um, probably like around sixteen, seventeen thousand to thirty thousand over the course of the full three years. So, um, I mean, I don't really ever intend on earning enough money to pay off my hex debt anyway. But, <laughs> but I'm sure for people who feel like they need to earn a lot of money to live a, a fulfilling life. Um, would see that as a real like dampen on their experience. And then also just prioritizing um, like healthy communication is another big thing because of the way Adelaide is when people don't know how to behave um, well with other people, it destroys a lot of like really cool shit that could happen. Um, pretty constantly it's like really cool projects get just like essentially abandoned because somebody gets outed as an abuser or something like that um not to say that abusers should get let off more so that people should be educated on how to deal with their emotions and communicate effectively in ways that don't harm other people i think that's probably a really big problem anywhere is people people not treating other people right i would say those are probably the two biggest things is like funding and interpersonal communication to kind of emphasize as well on your point about university funding like 
I was talking to Natsuko recently about how, because um, I'm studying film, like, I don't know if I would have met the really supportive and good, like, filmmaking community that I know now if I didn't go to uni. Like, I just don't know how I would have, like, found them, if that makes sense. Even though, like, Adelaide is very tight-knit, I feel like with something like film, it's one of those things where I feel like people are more scared to, like, put out their film unless they've, like, kind of got got a group or got, like, um, are doing a degree or something like that. And I just feel like, yeah, it's such an important thing for arts to actually have a place where you can all meet up and learn together because otherwise you might never, like, find that kind of community. Yeah, um, that's probably another good point is there needs to be space for open collaboration and, like, play and experimenting. It's been interesting from my perspective because I am sort of applying for these larger grants for street art, um, like the, the publicly funded ones. Since the bushfires, there was heaps of money released for placemaking, so to pretty much, like, cheer up towns. Um, and so it's been a busy, really busy couple of years for me, but, um, but yeah, like you were asking before, Gilbert, about the sort of the creativity, like those, yeah, those grants or those projects, um, don't fill that part of me that like, you know, having an, like the, the grungy sort of underbelly stuff does, and I can feel... I can feel it in myself like in this last year that I'm really missing that stuff and snowboarding kind of fulfills it for a couple of months of the year but I just think there's such a need for experimentation in the arts like to be yeah to be sort of to have space I suppose to be expressive whether that is like a, a cheap collect studio collective where you can um get cheap space or, or access to um, gigs or we, we actually get paid. Like they just think so much can for exposure, like to actually get a leg up um, and to build your audience really is that's like what we all need as artists is an audience really to make it work. So it's kind of interesting to look at that big picture. I was just going to say about the whole um, experimental thing that doesn't, really happen in Canberra I feel like experimentation needs to happen so that people can continue to be innovative and it will take away more of that conservatism that is here in Canberra yeah I remember but you talked about how your art is really like influenced strongly influenced by the environment so would you say um yeah would you want to talk about a little bit more about that and what else influences your art um, so I grew up here in Braidwood where I'm on the property I'm on now, which is 16 acres living off the grid. And I'm fortunate enough to have moved back here to be caretaking the whole place. So I'm not sharing this and I'm renting my own house on the property with um, this great studio space that I created last year. I live sort of on the edge of bushland. So since moving back from the city and spending a lot of time over in North America and traveling as well, it was all city based. So it's been really like, moving to be back here living so close to the to the landscape and coming from a background of um sort of uh traditional lo-fi passions I suppose like bike riding or um conservation or snowboarding like all these sort of like I'm not very a techie I'm not a techie person let's say 
so um so that sort of sparked um wanting to learn more about the land and uh regenerative farming and permaculture and things like that and then the bushfires hit and it was like very close to the property and deeply affected like my whole broader community and broader landscape so it's just led to a really um like a really strong theme of environment and environmental conservation within my work and that's now leading to residencies that are based on ecology or um, learning Indigenous stories and things like that. So I'm really gearing all of my research work on, on, on to those topics as well. Um, but I do come from a background like I'm second, second or third generation artist with um, my mum doing a lot of environmental activism in her artwork and she went through ANU Environment Studios as well. So I'm definitely, um, um, I feel like I'm, I'm walking down a predetermined path in a lot of ways, but the world's changed so much from just in the last 10 years, even when she was practicing her printmaking through the ANU Environment Studio, she was a, an environmental activist with a, a voice that was sort of going into the void, so to speak. But what's happened in my day now, 10 years later, is like this obviously like huge shifts in, in the environment, in climate, in conversations in children protesting you know dropping out of school to protest and our government not doing anything and there's just so much now that it feels like now I have a platform of you know funded walls like where I'm working with high school students or, or whoever I want to create projects with it does feel like um I've got a great opportunity to be collaborating with like environmental scientists or people in the know to be translating their work to the broader public like the great thing about street art is it's not inside a gallery so everyone walking past can see it so I do feel like that's a platform that I want to get a message across definitely I absolutely love the idea that um street art is just so accessible to everyone and yeah I have a little bit of a thing with galleries as well I don't love them because it makes me feel a little bit I mean like say the Australian um the gallery um yeah it makes me feel kind of claustrophobic for some reason even though it's really big (laughs) yeah it's it's an awkward concept I think to be to be going into a space to view art and and the only people that want to go in there are the ones that choose to walk into that, that space and then you know, like I was at a gallery on the weekend seeing my show, my friend's show and I was the only one in there and then the owner walks over and starts talking to me about the work. I'm like, oh, God, like art talk. Like I dropped out of art school after one year because it's just not, it's not the space for me. And, I mean, I, that's why I love your brand and super because, like, I want, yeah, I started off, I guess I should say that too, like this environmental slant is very much paired with street culture and dropping out of art school because I wanted my art to be on t-shirts and skateboard decks and not on gallery walls and I'm still sort of yeah battling that pressure now to be um seen as a as a a fine artist you have to sort of be in the gallery space and I find that a really interesting social pressure that um that I'm yeah I struggle with personally I don't like those rules I don't yeah. like any rules I reject yeah. them <laughs> yeah the street kind of gives you the um the, the ability to kind of be free which is really awesome yeah but it's free art as well mm. like it's 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 
providing fine art for everyone. It's not saying like, oh, you have to be certain privileged in your intellect or your financial status or your upbringing or your race or your gender or any of these things to contribute in this art. Like it's completely throwing that out the window and saying, you know, like F you to all of that. Like, <laughs> I absolutely agree. Um, and yeah, um, for you, Gilbert, would you say um, anything influences your kind of DJing practice like yeah the location or the environment you're in or politics you talked a lot about the politics so far my influences are more so the environment and my like kind of anticipation of what the audience would want to hear but that's more so because it's a live performance and quite often for um events that are bigger than like just me so it's not people coming to see me like tell some weird story i want to make it at least appeal to the audience a little bit but moving forwards um i am trying to put together um like find an online space for myself to put things i create into um and with that i'll be able to tell the stories that I really want to tell um, and also move more into like mixed medium um, kind of stuff because I really want to try blending um, DJing with like like live electronic music jamming and um, some video like visual synthesis as well the cooler thing about talking to you both today is that you both work with i guess sort of impermanent um art forms so could you explain what makes your art form impermanent and what you like about this so like all i mean everything is impermanent right nothing lasts forever but (laughs) some things more so than others and um the cool thing about like DJing is it's a in the moment thing um music is like it's a it uses the axis of time to convey meaning whereas art is like visual and text art uses uh space as their axis for communication so you can see it see all of the work at once Whereas music, it's like each individual um, moment and how they relate to the moments that come before and what that makes you think about the moments that are going to come after. So um, like the whole concept of musicality is like repetition and different patterns to build like sonic images. And that requires um, like a temporal like variance like over time i really like that it's so in the moment because like you can save something on pinterest and always look back on it um and you can like like you can take a photo you can bring like a handheld recorder and like record the set um but it will never be able to completely recreate the experience or the energy that's in the room. And like, that's the same for like viewing visual art. Like it will never be the same seeing a photo as seeing the actual thing in person. Um, But it's more so difficult to recreate and it's um, 
it creates that desire for the authentic experience. Um, whereas for other art forms, people might be more happy to just like look at a photo of it and let that be like their entire experience. That's so interesting hearing you talk about music and, and that sort of temporal landscape that you described was so, um, so inspiring. I felt like um, creating the artworks for me is like your DJ set, <laughs> like yeah. especially because so much of mine's done in the public space too. So I'm, I really am like a, a performing in front of an mm. audience in a lot of ways. And, um, and even my own fine art, like a, a static sort of artwork, feels so much like just a snapshot of an event like it's almost an afterthought for the actual creation of the artwork which is so much more meaningful for me and yes I'm striving to you know peak technical expertise and striving to visually communicate my idea and sometimes I nail it and sometimes I don't but the expression that active expression and that place that it takes me to and the mindfulness and the raw crazy that comes out sounds like really similar to what you're describing and Mm. sometimes that translates through the artwork I mean from from the street art perspective of my work like that it is it is temporary within the landscape I often don't know when it's gonna go or not and also this um this really lovely magic that happens when people stumble upon it you know, and people mm. find it, they find the work and they have a moment with it. And that might just be, that's literally like in there, like they're listening to a track that has them actually looking around that day or, you know, like they're open to interacting, which is why they're connecting with the work to begin with because so many would just walk past without seeing. So yeah. it is like it's a performative sort of um collaboration I suppose between um the audience that doesn't know who I am and doesn't know uh, that Bowie's a, a woman or anything like that. You know? yeah. Like the, the art is just um, is purely there on its own and uh, that's such an exciting kind of prospect. And speaking from my experience, like having those moments in other cities and all around the world with someone else's art again who I have no idea who they are and it's just like wowed me and that sort of chain of connection, I feel like, you know, passing that energy on is a really beautiful concept. Hell yeah. I love what both of you said just then. I wanted to ask about how, in a sense, both of your art forms are kind of like remixing things that are already there. So, Gilbert, you're working with sounds. Bowie, you're working with, like, buildings and structures. What do you enjoy about the experience of utilising what's already there? Does does the concept come first and then the, the building second or does do you see something like you'd like to remix and then from that um the creative process begins uh all of the above (laughs) sometimes it's uh sometimes it'd be like a story i want to tell and then i'd seek out things specifically for that um but then also just casually browsing music it's very like it's really easy to just find something and you're like oh, I could do so much with this. And then that in itself is inspiring and um, is kind of where, like, the creation of new feelings and stories begins. Like, I'm sure every person has, like, 
probably a handful of songs, but at least one song that they can like remember back to a time in their life where they heard that song for the first time and like it really like touched them emotionally and um, they had like a moment with it, you know. I listen to so much music that I kind of go to bed with my ears ringing basically every day, um, which I'm trying to take better care of. But it's just like whenever there's empty air and I'm doing anything else in my room, I don't see why I shouldn't be listening to music. And I always try and make an effort for that to be stuff I haven't heard before. Um, just kind of constantly seeking out, um, like expanding my my internal library of like different sounds, I guess. And um, why it's so sick that I get to take other people's work and repurpose it for my own like um, expression is like, like people put so much heart and soul into their work and that when it carries, it carries so well. That thought of remixing the landscape was like so inspiring. I wrote that down. It's such a strange sort of idea in a way that I'm I'm working with concrete and brick and mortar, you know, like it's a, it's an existing space that has been designed by someone long, you know, usually long ago that is kind of a dead space in a way, like it needs to be activated, which is why I'm generally there. And um, to be able to sort of, like I have, I have my running ideas. I certainly have, you know, my my inspiration moments. But there's sort of a back catalogue, I suppose, of of substance that I'm drawing from for different canvases and different buildings. Like like depending on the scale and depending on the size and sometimes depending on the limitations of that commission. So I I do get inspired by the space, but also it's a really fun thing to try and figure out how to bring my existing ideas and like kind of reshape it to fit that space and um and redesign it like sometimes I think it's going to be a certain way layout wise but then I get that wall and it's super long and narrow or super wide you know like I have to manipulate the artwork to to exist within that space and they're the ones that I think are um, more successful because the artwork then has a relationship to the space. It's not just an existing piece that I've slapped onto any old wall. It kind of, it, um, yeah, it has a relationship with that environment um, and it's grown because of the environment, which I think is a really exciting kind of, yeah, I feel very empowered by being, being able to remix the landscape. You know, it's a total privilege. So we have a challenge for you. <laughs> okay. Um, we want you to give us a quick pitch about why artists should create in Adelaide or Canberra. Like an, <laughs> like an elevator pitch, like I need to persuade yeah, somebody. Pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Persuading. Let's pretend that I'm like about to move to Melbourne. <laughs> These are my two cities, right? Adelaide and Canberra are like my heart. And I've lived in Melbourne as well. I've lived in Vancouver. I've lived in Austin, Texas. They're amazing places all around the world that I would still love to move to, <laughs> but not permanently because even though I think it's really important to go away and get inspired and learn your practice and learn how to exist in the, in the world, like in the big fish bowl, not be a big fish in a small bowl. Like it's really, really important to get out there and, and learn your craft. 
but I also wholeheartedly believe that like we are the ones to create the change that we want to see. So like to just leave and abandon something that, you know, needs effort to to change and needs that energy to be put back into it and needs like whole you got like we really have to break break over the system and, and do things. I mean this I was getting like a bit jaded before this chat. I feel really inspired after this because <laughs> it is reminding me to like to not get caught up in how things are and to just keep changing and to keep doing things differently. And, yeah, that's that's like the point of the world, surely, like the point of life. I love what you said just then about how like be the change you want to see because I think a lot of people can look at Adelaide and see like a dead end or something like a dead end in their career or something like that but instead I like to see it as well I I just see a massive opportunity like there's a massive opportunity in Adelaide if people are hungry for these spaces or if people are hungry for something more like if you step in and start doing it it's like you're almost not I don't want to say like guaranteed success, but it's like there's an opening in like a market. Okay, well, first off, if somebody was like, I want to move to Melbourne, I would say go for it. Um, like if it, were, if it was to happen in real life, which does semi-frequently, because I want people to have new and different experiences and see what else in the world is out there. But for the sake of this question, um, I would say, so you want to leave Adelaide because you don't see any opportunities here and it looks like a dead end for your creative interests. Well, I would say that the same is the same would be true anywhere if you look at it that way because every like you you get out of the world what you put into it and you the reality you manifest is pretty much entirely um what you've sub subconsciously decided to see and it's super important that you at least take it like to make an attempt to step outside of yourself and the routines and patterns you've put yourself into to see what else is out there in that in that space that you already have and um i guarantee you that you'll find something that is new and um inspiring and might take you in a direction that might not be exactly what you feel like you need right now but long term it'll be way more fulfilling than just up and leaving and trying to start all over again in an entirely new space um you already have a foundation set here and it might be difficult to change that but you can still use the building you've done on top of that foundation past the point of changing said foundation. That was awesome. That I love that because it doesn't have to just be applied to like our specific topic. It's really anything. Yeah. Have you both got any projects coming up in the future? Putting on more cool events in my house, of course. Um, I'm tr I want to put together a variety night at this point i've thrown a few like kind of more ravey events but i really want to have more of a mixed medium night moving forwards um put more putting more energy into trying to 
use the opportunities I have to amplify the opportunities other people have. Um, because I'm in a really fortunate and privileged, privileged position. Um, and I can use that to provide other people with, um, opportunities that they might not have had like otherwise, or might not have come up naturally. They might have to like really strive for it. Whereas if I'm able to just be like, Hey, you do cool shit, come do cool shit here. Quite similar, actually, like what you're saying about, um, using your sort of platform to lift other people up. Like I definitely have these two threads running simultaneously in my life. And one is um, these youth projects or public collaboration murals. So my next big project, I've got one of those happening in high school and then another is a shipping container at a skate park where we're painting all four sides at this like kind of rundown skate park that's attracting um, like a bit of toxic behaviour and stuff. So we're trying to get as many kids involved in that and that's council funded. I was actually just interviewed on the ABC local radio for that one. That thread's very much like mentorship, super passionate about female mentorship, providing work experience or anything that I can. Like I take on assistance for each project. So passing my skills on and helping other people understand that you don't have to go to art school to be an artist. And then my own personal like um, fine art and research development, which is much more, um, yeah, super geared towards the mixed media collaboration and are really interested in creating works that are like animation collaborating with my mural or my own animation projected onto abandoned spaces or in collaboration with musicians or filmers or any of that stuff. And then doing these um, research residencies where I'm, I'm learning stories and I'm learning from scientists and stuff about things that are happening out in the world and usually my response my creative response to that is um photography and poetry so it's kind of totally across the board and I'm getting into film a bit awesome thank you so much super inspiring yeah so much exciting stuff happening and it was so great to listen to what you both had to say um just one more thing um so where can people find you like on social media or anywhere I have social media but I really don't want people to find me there. I want to move away from those platforms. I want to uh, really focus my behavior in ways I believe is ethical and I don't think surveillance capitalism is that. If you live in Adelaide, you should go to an impulse control set. and play <laughs> ancient world a lot. Yeah, if you live in Adelaide, <laughs> follow, follow the, the westward winds and eventually you'll blow into me at some point <laughs> so my name's bowie and it's spelled b-o-h-i-e which is a bit different to david bowie but all my social media stuff's under that thank you guys so much for joining us that is everything that we had to ask apologies that it's gone for so long but <laughs> no, it's been sick yeah it's been a great chat thanks so much for listening to our three-part series a tale of two cities Stay tuned for the next episode where we chat to Adelaide poet Carissa and Ange, a dancer from Canberra. And continue to celebrate and explore the creative scenes in our home cities. Support us and join the conversation by following at musho underscore laundry and at uandu underscore podcast on Instagram for updates.